Job 1. And uh, Lord laid this on my heart a few days ago as we are seeking him for a message and sought him for a message and he gave me a series. So we are going to start today and uh, just do our best to obey God. Thank you for praying. We, uh, we deeply appreciate your prayers that we might hear from God. We take this seriously. And sometimes, you know, as I get a little older, I don't like saying that, but I like to, uh, I take my time a little bit more. I want to, I really want to be in tune with God's spirit and make sure with what God is laying on my heart that I'm choosing my words the best way I can. So hallelujah. You keep praying for me that God would work and, and, uh, I know he will. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for Lord, just your glorious Lord friendship, Lord, the Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, God, and just what they mean to to me and to this church, God. I pray you bless each one and that you would work, Lord, and help us, uh, Lord, to examine ourselves and understand, Lord, you and your word better, God. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Job 1, just going to read a little bit here and then kind of Explain the context of it. Verse 13. And there was a day when his sons, that's Job's sons, and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. There came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I... Only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. God bless you. You can be seated. We are taking something in the midst of quite a... An amazing account of a man that God said was faithful. He, he used the word perfect. I, I don't believe that meant he was beyond stumbling, but I believe it means that his heart was, was real. He was sold out. Amen. You show up around Job, you're going to find out he's living for God, whether you're watching or not. Amen. He had a perfect heart towards God. He would... Get up and pray for his family and seek God for their souls. But we realize in one day his life changed. Job didn't understand what was happening in his life, but we have a behind-the-scenes account of what was happening in Job's situation. Because as Job was faithful to God, it got his attention, but also the devil's attention. The book of Job, we don't want to spend a great bit of time uh, studying this great book. And what an important book it is. Because it is a study, a very deep study 
about different perspectives of why does suffering happen, especially to good people. Is it because of sin in their lives? Is it because they're they're being punished for something? (coughs) What what could it possibly be? Is is somehow God unfair? Job asked the question several times. And things that we hear today about why do bad things happen in the world if God's so loving. And and this is a whole book about that. But what happened was that Satan shows up in the presence of God and God starts bragging on Job. Have you noticed my servant Job? He loves me. He can't stand you. He wants more of what I have and more of of what I provide. And he doesn't want anything to do with anything you flash before him. He's not interested. When you tempt him, he just eschews evil. He he, he gets away from it. He doesn't want that. He's not tempted by your filth. And he's bragging on Job. He's solid. He's, He's got a foundation under him. He doesn't want anything you've got. I'm not worried about Job. He's got it. He, he's got a relationship with me that that is real. And Satan has this conversation as well. Does Job serve you? Does he fear you for nothing? For naught? You know, you put a hedge around him. How's that fair? You know, I can't get into his life. Listen to me, child of God. If you live for God and you stand for for him, God will protect you. God will keep you. The devil's not in charge. The devil can't just come in and and, and attack you unless God's got a plan ultimately to work through it some greater purpose in it. And the devil says he doesn't fear you for nothing. You've got a hedge around him. You better live for God if you want to be protected. Better live for God if you want to have power over the adversary. The devil says, if you let that hedge down and you let me cause him to suffer, he'll curse you. He's spoiled. And he won't love you if things don't go his way. You bless him. Oh, I'm thankful for the blessings of God. But every now and then we have a testing time. And the devil said he'll curse you. If you take away his blessings and God said, it's not going to happen. He's going to love me. He doesn't love me because of what I do for him. He loves me because who I am to him. Amen. And so we have come into this understanding to this time uh, of the story where the servants are coming back to Job and he's losing everything one after another. What a day this has turned out to be. And as much as I would love to continue talking about Job, I really want to just take something that one of these servants said and look at it a little bit more carefully. Because as the enemy comes through that place in the hedge and with God's hand in it and God God knows that there's a plan and a purpose for Job to be strengthened and built up and he's going to end up better than he ever was. When people are seeing it, see, we're seeing all this going behind the scenes, but the people that are there and they're looking at this horrible day and 
and, and everything that's happening. And this one man steps up, this one servant, and says, The fire of God's falling out of heaven and wiping us out. Can I tell you something? It wasn't God's fire. God didn't do that. The devil did it. Amen. That wasn't God's fire. That wasn't God's judgment. That wasn't God's anger. That wasn't God's punishment. That was the devil coming against a righteous man. God allows people to go through battles. But so often in the midst of what's happening, and it can, it can sting. It can be tough. Children of God... As many blessing passages are and as many blessing promises there are, there's a lot in that Bible people stay away from that talks about how to suffer for the kingdom of God. How to go through trials and still maintain your integrity. And this was a trial, this was a test, but there was a misunderstanding. I want to talk to you this week and maybe the next, maybe two weeks or more about misunderstanding God. When you see something going on and, and, and people are, are, are ignorant, really. They, they don't have an understanding. It was already testified here today about coming to the house of God. And, and, and I didn't read my Bible. I don't know a lot. I've seen some things maybe on TV or on the Internet. Good luck with that. Don't you wish everybody just, just oh, they quoted a Bible verse. Hey, can I show you in the, in the Word of God where the devil does that sometimes? Amen. The devil comes as an angel of light. The devil can call fire down from heaven. Look at that in the book of Revelation. There's a false prophet that is a right-hand man of Antichrist. Calling fire down from heaven saying, hey, it's the power of God. Simon the sorcerer in Acts the 8th chapter bewitched the people. Had them convinced that he was the power of God working in their midst. And he wasn't. So many people this day misunderstand God and because they really don't know the Word of God. Not everything. I believe in supernatural. I believe in, in, in spiritual forces. I believe in, in feelings and, and sensations and visions, but not everything is of God. Not everything that says Lord, Lord in the Bible is going to make it into heaven. That's right. In fact, one place it says that that they come before God and say, hey, we've done great miracles in your name. Depart from me. I never knew you. Amen. We got to understand that. There's a lot of things going on in the world, and I'm not saying that not, not important, but so often we misunderstand what God's really doing. We misunderstand that. Well, look, let's, let's move back a little bit, and we already talked about it in Job, the first chapter. The Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth, a perfect man, upright, one that feareth God, and escheweth evil. He's on my team. I can count on him. He's not trying to get as close. What's allowed? What's his closest thing? He eschews evil. Satan answered the Lord, said, Doth doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge round about him? Thank God for a hedge of protection. Thank God for a wall of safety. 
Bible talks about the angels camping around about us. Bible talks about his power being like a wall of fire around about us. But if God allows something to go, brother, brother Parks one time preached a message about a second hedge. Because when God allows that hedge that he puts up to get down, Job had something else protecting him. It was his integrity. You got to have something more than just a protective uh, wall around about you, but you got to have something that says, you know what? If the devil hits me hard. I'm still going to serve God. I'm not going to go his way. Let the heathen rage that people think what they want. I'm going to serve my God when I don't understand God, when I can't figure out why he's allowing this to happen. God, I'm still going to serve you. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. The substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath. This, and he will curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. God said, Okay, I'm going to let it happen. God's got a bigger plan than even the devil knows. But he says, Here's the line. You'll never cross, you don't cross that line. Amen. God's got his hand on your life. But so often we look at things in this world. I've got so many things I wanted to preach to you this morning, and you're welcome. I'm just going to take this. Is, this is the, really just the first point in one message, I'd say. Not everything that calls itself God. Not everything that says I'm a follower of Jesus. Not everything that is quoting a, a, a scripture out of context. Is God's fire. Is God's power. The Bible tells us in the last days, there would be those in 2 Timothy 3, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to encourage people to keep taking steps closer to God. I, I love it when... When people say that they're, they, they're praying and they're, they're reaching out for more of God. But when you start seeking God and you let God be God in your life, he's going to show you what his power really is. Sadly, the vast majority of what calls itself Christian. And I, didn't, I told you I was going to choose my words. And, and I didn't forget that. We've got, at least in this nation, such a system. Of denomination, of man-made organization that denies the power of God. Amen. That is so proud. You try to talk to somebody. You try to witness to them. You try to be a be a light to them. And you're so excited about God changed my life. I used to be a sinner. I used to be a darkness, and He gave me. I'm blessed. I'm in love with Jesus. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. I'm a this. And what does, and it's just like, boom, you hit a wall. I was talking about the goodness of God. I was talking about the glorious uh, relationship I have with Jesus. Boom. I'm not like that. You can't talk to me about that. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Where is that in your Bible? Amen. Praise God. I want to shine the light. And and you know what? I'm not. I I feel like the Apostle Paul in some ways that I haven't attained yet. I want to keep on pressing towards a mark. I want to keep on getting more and more from God. 
But so many today, because of this form of godliness, have denied God's power. What did Jesus say? Say, well, they're, they're, they're leading people to Jesus. Jesus looked at the preachers in his day and said, you make them a twofold child of hell more than yourself with your religious ways that deny the power of God. They didn't want a miracle in their life. They couldn't say, look at that man that was set free from the devil. Look at that man that was healed. We don't believe in that. Denying the power of it. So much that at one point they came to Jesus. The religious leaders and said, what he is doing is through the prince of devils. And he said, you look at the power of God and say that God's moving, God's miracle working power is of the devil. There's a lot of things I'll forgive, but you start tacking my power onto the devil. I'll never forgive that. You're blaspheming. Amen. A lot of people have taken that idea of blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, made it a lot of different things. But I'll tell you, if you look at the context, he says, you want to call the power of God the devil? All right. There's a lot of things I can forgive. But when I'm trying to heal, I'm trying to minister, I'm, the power of God is working to break chains. And you're saying it's the demonic? All right. So dangerous. Yeah, so dangerous. Yeah. What did Jesus say about power? What did Jesus say? Say, Let's just look at what he said. Don't ask me what this church says or what this denomination believes. Don't tell me what uh, all this. What did Jesus say about it? Amen. Matthew, the third chapter. John, before Jesus, pointing to Jesus and saying, hey, I'm going to point you to him. The very last of the prophets of the old covenant pointing to the Messiah. And Matthew 3, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Can I tell you, people have misunderstood God. People have misunderstood this idea of going through a form and going through a, I'm going to sing my three songs out of a hymnal and I'm going to, I'm going to put my money in an offering plate and I'm going to sit real nice and quiet while the preacher talks to me and no power, no victory, no deliverance, no healing, no baptism of fire. You're misunderstanding. You're misunderstanding. You say, well, I've seen, I know some people believe in that kind of power and they are kind of, I worry about them. They've got some, uh, there's a lot of things that the Bible says about not being decent and or, I believe that. I, I tell you, the devil knows how to counterfeit. But let's stay with the word of God. John said, I'm telling you something about Jesus. I'll tell you something about Jesus. He's going to fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I can baptize you in water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Don't misunderstand the power of God. And don't misunderstand everything that claims to be Jesus. Oh, help us, Lord. John 7. John 7. Verse 37. Jesus stands up. John seven thirty-seven. In the last day, the great day of the feast... Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. 
He's saying, you look at all this religion around you. You look at all this formality. You look at all this starchiness and you aren't satisfied. It's not fulfilling you. You're still empty. If you're thirsty, let him come. And he says, he that believeth on me as a scripture hath said. That's the bottom line. Oh, I believe. Yeah, there's a lot of belief. But do you believe as the scripture has said? Are you following what Jesus said? Because he said, if you believe the kind of belief that the Bible talks about. Hallelujah. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What's he talking about? Well, he'll tell you. Keep on reading. But this spake he of the spirit. Which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. So I said, well, you know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, take you right to the thief on the cross. He didn't get the Holy Ghost. He didn't worry about a baptism of the spirit of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Well, can I tell you, Jesus made it very clear. It was not given yet. There had to be the death. There had to be the burial. There had to be a resurrection. There had to be a day of Pentecost. We're out of heaven. Amen. The Holy Ghost was given that day. Hallelujah. This he spake of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. His death, burial, resurrection, his ascension into heaven was his glorification. Listen to me. The devil knows how to steal from you. If I didn't know that this was not just everything the Bible's talking about. Every bit of God dying for your sins so that he could dwell in your temple through the power of his spirit. Amen. Like the scripture has said. To realize the difference, to know the change that happens with this, this power of God that would fill you. Oh, they talked about in the book of Isaiah. Let me read it to you. Isaiah 28. It says precept must be upon precept. Don't just pull something out of context. You got to build this here a little precept upon precept, line upon line here a little there a little. Look at the word of God for with stammering lips and another tongue. Will he speak to his this people to whom he said, listen, verse Isaiah 28, 12. This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing yet. They would not hear yet. They would not hear. They, they, they're satisfied with religious routines, satisfied with man-made organization and not willing to say, okay, God, if you've got it, I know you love me. I know you care about me. If it's for me, I want it. Somebody told me already, well, you know, I believe in the Holy Ghost, but it's a gift. You don't need to take a gift. How offensive would it be for Almighty God to say, I've got a gift for you? Say, no, thank you. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's not for me. Can I tell you, God knows what's for you. Oh, yeah. oh, hallelujah. With stammering lips and an unknown tongue. You know what that is? That's that rivers of living water flowing up from out of your yeah. belly. Amen. Amen. Look what it says in Acts, the second chapter. Acts 2. Verse 37, after the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up. Now he's not denying. Amen. Now he's not following afar off. 
Now he's changed. Now he's got a conversion experience. Now something is different about Peter, and he has a boldness to stand up and be a new man. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brother, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, Repent. Turn from your sins. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of the washing away of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. God's made a promise to fill them. They, he quoted it earlier in the book of Joel. In the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This promise is unto you. It's for your children. And it's to all that are afar off. Up into a point and then it's the devil. All that are afar off until this date on the calendar. And if anybody claims they have it after that date, that's the devil. That's a lie and it's not in the Bible. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as may, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This promise is unto everybody who God calls to them to be their children. God will change you. God will fill you. God will give you something greater than the devil. Amen. Greater than temptation. Greater than the power of the enemy. Right. Look at what it says in Acts 19. Didn't stop. Amen. Acts 19. I'm telling you today that the day that we live in. People have made excuses for themselves. I'm a this and I'm a that. Praise God. Hey, don't, don't think you're exempt from it. Say, well, I'm a Pentecostal. Do you have the Holy Ghost experience? Are you following Jesus? What does that have to do with it? Don't call yourself. Just live it. Love God. Well, I'm apostolic. Do you follow the apostles doctrine? Do you have what they have? Then live it. Do what they did. Amen. Live their life. You call yourself anything and still be a liar. Look what it says in the book of Revelation. The one church was there. He said, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You can hold on to a name of some kind of uh, 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 belief. What what are you living? What are you following? Amen. That's what it's about. It's about Jesus and what he said. Look what it said. Acts 19 came to pass. That while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. These were disciples. Amen. They had some teaching is what he's talking about. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? This destroys this whole idea. Once I believed, I have everything that I need. Once my, I, I exercised my faith, I received the power of the Holy Ghost in me, and it's done. G, Paul looked at these folks and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And look what happened. They were just ignorant of it. They didn't know any better. He wasn't their enemy. He wasn't coming against them. He was trying to help them. And they understood that. They were not feeling threatened or attacked. Who are you trying to tear down what my grandmother always believed? Are you trying to tear down my church? No, no, he, they weren't like they what? Well, we don't even know anything about this. That's right. If you'd read your Bible, right. 
dig in there and prayerfully and say, God, is this what I have? Do I have what the apostles had? Do I have what they had on the day of Pentecost? Do I have what they believe? Do I have a book of Acts experience? See, I'm looking around this world today. I've talked to you about it before. I'm looking at these denominations and I'm saying, where's that in the book of of Acts? Where do you see them doing anything like that? And you can't challenge anybody because, hey, I just, that's not what my church believes. So? So? That's not how we believe it. What's that have to do with it? What's the Bible say? Let the word of God challenge you. And if you're wrong, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. That's what the word says. You going to stand in before God and say, I was a good Baptist or a good this or good that. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Are you going to stand before? Is that going to get you into heaven? Is that good enough? Hey, I, I, I followed. Somebody asked me here a while back. They were a part of a, a Christian organization. And, and they said, well, I, I signed when I came in. I signed a creed, the Nicene Creed, which is really from a council about 275 years after the cross in Rome, where they started to try to formulate all kind of Roman Catholic doctrine. And we're going to have to, and, and you had to sign and not only say, I, I, I believe in the, the, the one Catholic church and I, 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 and I said, what about just scripture? I said, how about if I sit down and write to you some things that the Bible teaches that are non-negotiables and just give you Bible. And all the people that had already signed it said, that's kind of neat. You know, you can kind of find out where in the Bible you believe what you believe. Yeah, who would have thunk it? (laughs) My church says this is what you have to believe to be a Christian. Okay, okay. (laughs) I guess that's what I do. Try to ask a question and you get chastened by the, 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 the preacher. Who do you think you are? We've been part of this denomination for hundreds of years. We, we've had this church. Where did it start? Yeah. Who is that person yeah. that founded the church? Why did they found a church? Did you ever ask any of those questions? What does this have to do with the Bible? Yes, sir. Right. Why are we calling ourselves after this name? Yeah. That's right. Why do we think that means Christian? All right. Why do we think that means we are the church and everybody else is wrong? Amen. Why is that acceptable? Are we going to be able to stand before God and say that? Hey, I never knew you. You're misunderstanding God. It looks like the fire of God, but there's no fire. The first thought in this idea of misunderstanding God's fire is the place where there is no fire. We're saying this is God and it's not God. Amen. Who were these people that decided to start? We look at a man in a in a big long white robe and a big old hat sitting on a throne in Rome and all his satanic rituals and symbols all around him. That's right. Amen. Yes, sir. And it's a an organization that has their has their own nation. You can't even touch them. Right. You can go and get into Vatican City and and, and and no government can touch you. They won't send anybody out who's a prisoner uh, accused of anything. There's no extradition laws in the Vatican City. You're safe. And if you were caught molesting children, 
Well, we'll send you somewhere where they don't know your name and give you another church somewhere. It's been in the news countless times. I'm not making that up. That's not some conspiracy theory. That's what they've, they, they've been caught doing t- for decades. And we say, how can a man on a throne over in Rome be above my Bible? How can he be infallible and set the way of, of what it means to be a Christian, a follow of Jesus? And one day they believe this, another day they, they're, they're approving of, uh, of homosexual unions and, and because they can't be fallible. But when I started to see and know that that's just so, that's not God. You're misunderstanding. God's not in any of that. That has nothing to do with my Bible. That has nothing to do with Jesus' teachings. That has nothing to do with the book of Acts. Then I start saying, wait a minute. Let me take these fingers pointing back at me and saying, wait a minute. What about my church? What about what I believe? What about my denomination? What about my organization? Where did that start? Why did that start? What a, why do we have a creed that, that reads just like the, what the Catholics have? Why do we, why do we follow these things? Why, why do we start our own deal? Why don't we just follow Jesus? Why do we put our confidence in that? Look what it says in Galatians 3. Because I want to bring this home to, uh, to some of you that have been just faithful and you know everything I'm preaching to you is it's it's what you believe. You you understand this this power of God. It's not it's not it's not okay to say it's not for today. It's not okay to say it's of the devil. It's not okay to say God's not in that. I'm telling you, to deny it yeah. is misunderstanding God's word. But Galatians three. We talked about Simon the sorcerer earlier. Look at Galatians three, verse one. Oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Can we just stop there a moment? Who put you under spell? People talk about witchcraft a lot. Can I tell you something? Churches have bewitched people. Put people under a spell. Where they are. are, brother, Brother Mike was talking about it here. I know everybody's wrong. That's wrong. That's, a, that's not right. And you can't stand. You can't give a Bible verse. You can't sit down with a good spirit and get into a Bible study. You've been bewitched. You're under a spell. Like this man that thinks, thinks he's, he's got, got people under his floorboards and in his mattress. You're under a spell. A preacher can tell you, we don't do that. We don't believe that. And you can't stand up and say, where's that in the Bible that, that that's not what we do? Hello? been bewitched who bewitched you he said who's got you under this spell let's keep going that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes jesus christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you it's religion that has bewitched people it's false doctrine that has put people under a spell that they will hate you for saying, let's look back at the Bible and just sit down and see what Jesus said. And if you can show me somewhere where I'm following my understanding, what makes me comfortable or what my church came up with rather than the word of God, right. then you've helped me. Yeah. Right. That's right. Amen. 
people have been so bewitched. This only would I learn of you. Received you the, the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect in the flesh? I want to talk to somebody here today. I've spent a good bit of time just telling you, hey, this this church was born in the fire of the Holy Ghost and it continues on and it's still available today for you. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you haven't been baptized in the fire of God, as the scripture has said, God wants to fill you. He'll change your life. You will uh, be transformed in a way that you never have experienced and can't even imagine. But I want to talk to somebody who's got it. I want to talk to somebody who knows it. Who's facing trials and tests. Listen to me. You didn't get this by your best efforts and your works. You can't get through what you're facing by your best efforts and good works. Talking about prayer this morning with a brother and talking about how the devil will... Attack a prayer life. Amen? And sometimes it's not a matter of just saying, hey, I still pray. The devil's not going to keep me from praying. But what about that? What about that spirit in prayer? Maybe he's already attacking the quality of your prayer. Well, praise God. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, he said, praying always. Talks about the, gift, the, the, the armor of God, the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation, but shield of faith. But he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Right. I want to tell somebody today that it still takes that spirit to have victory today. To have power over the battle that you're going through, power over the temptations you're facing, power over your flesh. It still takes the spirit. It still takes power. It still takes his Holy Ghost in you. You can't just push it out and say, I don't need it anymore. Have you started? How foolish are you to think you can just set it aside and go through it with religiosity? With your best intentions. With your dry, dead living that doesn't take time to get in the spirit of God. I want to tell somebody here today, victory is yours. But the victory... Is going to happen through the same way you got born again. Born of the water and of the spirit. Amen. Your power to be a witness. You say, oh, I want to do more for God. I want to be a a better light. Sometimes I seem so, uh, if you're honest with yourself, so distracted. And so, so just don't think I can find the right words. Started in the spirit. Where's the spirit now? How long has it been since you just were renewed in the spirit? Hello, anybody? You foolish Galatians, he said, who bewitched you to think that you can just keep on going with your strength. You need renewed strength. You need the power of God. God's leading us into victory. But the victory is, well, it's because we fought some battles. And that battle's not going to be because of your best. It's going to be because his power working in you. 
listen, I, 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 I want everybody. I want to, I want to say it like Paul. I wish everybody had it like I have it. I wish everybody had the power of God in them. It's more than just come on up and make a confession of your faith. Come on up and just repeat a prayer after me. Where do you see them preaching that kind of response to the gospel? Join this church, be a member of this, do this catechism and this, this, uh, kind of, uh, uh, program. And now, are you, are you following God? Are you a Christian now? Is that what Christianity is? Look at the Bible. Look at what followers of Jesus do. You need the power of God in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. There's a lot of misunderstandings. Amen. This man looked up and God, God had his hand on Job's life. God had protection on his life. God was working in his life, all things for good, even in the midst of the battle. But some religious know nothing said, God's killing us all. God's fire's falling down. That wasn't God. That wasn't God. And I want to tell you today, there's a lot of things claiming to be God, but they've just misunderstood. Stay with the word. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. There's a lot of people today because of churches that have been so misguided. They they don't want anything to do with the Holy Ghost. They don't want anything to do with his baptism. Look in your word. It's there. It's for you. It's for whosoever the Lord our God would call. There's a lot of people with a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings of what it really means to be filled. But there's some here today, you know, it's it's a continual battle that you've got to say, you know what, I didn't start, I didn't get to this point by my strength. I can't make it through this day. any other way but with God's power in me. It's why we have the services we do. We want God to lead. We want the Spirit of God to fill this house. We want to act experience where the place is shaken. Where the Spirit is poured out. We can't just tear it out of the Bible. We can't just say the gifts of the Spirit. Well, it's not for today. It's not for me. Oh, we need every bit of it and more in these last days. We need every bit of it and more with these battles we're fighting. But religion has, that's calling itself the move of God has bewitched. It's lied to people. kept them satisfied but when you start reading this book when you start getting into the word of God seeing seeing what the prophets foretold seeing what Jesus stood for seeing what the apostles the disciples that walked with him preached seeing what the apostle Paul told the churches oh you'll see there's power for you Jesus said in his last words before he ascended into heaven. Ye 
shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall receive power. Oh, hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray. God's got power for you, child of God. Power greater than your your best. There's a blessing in He's this got house his spirit. Waiting for you. When was the last time you just let God fill you? Renew you. to fill you again with His power. God wants to renew His Spirit in you. To God. There's, a blessing There's higher heights for you, my friend. Waiting for you. There's deeper depths for you. There's a blessing in this house waiting for you. Just have to receive it. God knows. I believe God's poured it out this last day. the Holy Ghost since they believed they had not even known what he was really talking about. Well, he kind of stepped back a little bit and said, well, how were you baptized? Said unto John's baptism. And after a little Bible study, the Bible says when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. That's where the authority is. That's where the power is. In his name. Paul laid his hands on them. You read about it, Acts 19, verse 6. The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. All the men were about 12. Just a small group of men saying, there's more for me. There's more for me. And if you started along this way in the Holy Ghost, with a born again of the water and of the Spirit, remember, it's in His strength you're going to fight this next battle. It's in his it's in his power.
in His Spirit, you're going to overcome. Don't let yourself fall back on your own flesh, your own strength. Don't fall, fall into some form of godliness. Denying the power thereof. Stay renewed in the Spirit. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. Lord, how, how good it is to be filled with your Spirit. Bless your people now, I pray. God, lead us by your Spirit. Guide us to shine the light in this, this wicked, evil day. We love you for it, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.